a course in choral directing in college because tonight has been trying to support three parts all together. <laughs> so anyway. Um, so we are going to start at 7 o'clock. we got a little bit of time. Um, and you guys stay in here for class, right? Yep. Okay, so you're all in here for class. The Our new director, you've probably met him before, for the office of the diaconate, which is a brand new office in our diocese, actually, in the cross. Uh, Deacon Kevin Ray is here tonight, wants to meet with all the guys from the Diocese of La Crosse. So at 7.30, we are going to promptly finish our session. And then um, the guys from La Crosse, if you would go next door to the pillow room, that's what they call it, I guess. And anyway, he's going to meet with all of you in there at 7.30, you know, for about 10 minutes until, until class time, then you come back in here. Uh, no, actually, you guys will do the conference. Yeah, after that. Okay. Um, and then, so the rest of you from Madison and Superior, you can just kind of hang here. Your your compatriots will be in the Hesse room, which is down the hall there. So if you want to go and join them, you know, because uh, they don't know you very well. I mean, some of them don't know you very well. So why don't you just go down there and then you can kind of... Um, spend a little time before class. Okay? All right. Let me make just one final check, <coughs> and then we'll be ready. And I think he says he might, have a, he might have a dozen that he had in the office. Otherwise, he's got the others still on order. So uh, if not, we're going to just have you look together with each other, a couple of you, um, so, that, uh, so that you have that. Did anybody have this already? The National Directory? Okay. Digital version. Hmm? I think it is. It's, on, it's online. Online, yeah. yeah. So get your phone out and. <laughs> yeah, you actually. I think you can, because I think this one, uh, it's being published into another kind of format. I think that's why they're doing that. So it doesn't change the document. Though. So. You have ten. Now, is it possible that anybody here has one or is missing? I asked. No, they don't have. Uh, okay, they don't have them, and nobody. Okay, right. So, so that's kind of that's where we are. If, if a couple is people it online tonight, it is online. It is absolutely online. If okay. somebody's able to access that with Wi-Fi, then you've got it. Okay, so you go to the U.S. No. Just if you just Google that, if you Google National Directory for. Um, you, the first thing that comes up... National Directory for the Formation, Ministry, and Life of Permanent Deacons in the United States. Yes. That's yeah. <laughs> It's too short. Maybe just put the, the National Directory... And they put National Directory... For deacons. deacons. Those three words, National Directory. U.S. Did you find it? Yep. There you go. And and it's a very... I think it's interactive, or I think it has different headings you can click on or whatever. So it should work well. And okay, I apologize. Good. That's it. I apologize that I don't have paper copies for everybody, but... Um, maybe what we can do is arrange even to get them, either bring them next time, either I'll have them for you next time, or we can okay. put them in the mail. So, for now anyway, those who don't have access, let me know. I'll give this to you. Okay. All right. That's it. That's for Oh, yeah, just for the deacon. And the, um, 
abbre right after the abbreviations, because there's no page number on here, um, there's a prayer. Okay? Prayer to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And this is dedicated to the formation of deacons. So what I'd like to do as we begin uh, tonight is to uh, offer this prayer. Okay? We can pray it together. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Teacher of faith, who by your obedience to the Word of God, have cooperated in a remarkable way with the work of redemption, make the ministry of deacons effective by teaching them to hear the Word and to proclaim it faithfully. Mary, Teacher of charity, who by your total openness to God's call, have cooperated in bringing to birth all the Church's faithful, Make the ministry and the life of deacons fruitful by teaching them to give themselves totally to the service of the people of God. Mary, teacher of prayer, who through your internal intercession have supported and helped the church from her beginnings, make deacons always attentive to the needs of the faithful by teaching them to come to know the value of prayer. Mary, teacher of humility, who by constantly knowing yourself to be the servant of the Lord, were filled with the Holy Spirit, make deacons docile instruments in Christ's work of redemption by teaching them the greatness of being the least of all. Mary, a teacher of that service which is hidden, who by your everyday and ordinary life, filled with love, knew how to cooperate with the salvific plan of God in an exemplary fashion, Make deacons good and faithful servants by teaching them the joy of serving the church with an ardent love. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, um, in lieu of the fact that you didn't have the book last time, um, I did a little bit of the introductory work. What I'd like you to do in that opening section on page, I just kind of want to finish with this, on page 15 of the booklet. It talks about the sacrament of holy orders. And of course, uh, in light of, uh, of the, uh, the ecclesialist, it says the ecclesial communion and mission of the church. The first part is, starts out with... Uh, You'll find that this is a very difficult building. It will either freeze or boil you out. <laughs> it's called old plumbing. So, anyway, um, uh, the ecclesial communion and mission it starts out, of course, with the sacraments of initiation, of baptism, confirmation, and Eucharist, which we all share. All the faithful, the lay faithful, um, share that those those sacraments. Okay, but then it comes to the sacrament of holy orders. And in this, it talks about the grace, great sacrament of Christ's presence. And that's what the sacrament of holy orders are. Now, if I were to ask you a little trivia question, how many sacraments of holy orders are there? One. Hmm? One. One. Okay, one. But there's three ordinations. Isn't that interesting? Kind of like the Trinity, I think. One and three. Hmm? One sacrament of holy orders... But there are three aspects to that one sacrament, okay? So that's what it talks about. And those three aspects of that sacrament 
have to deal and express with Christ's presence in the church and to the world. Okay? So, um, the sacrament of holy orders, out of the body of the initiated believers, anointed in the Holy Spirit through the sacrament of baptism, strengthened in the confirmation and nurtured in the bread of life, Christ calls some to ordain service. Okay, go down to the next one. Holy orders is the sacrament through which the mission entrusted by Christ to the apostles and their successors continues to be exercised in the church until the end of time. Thus it is the sacrament of the apostolic ministry, the mission of the apostles, which the Lord Jesus continues to entrust to the pastors of his people, is a true service significantly referred to in the sacred scripture as diakonia, which is the Greek word, namely service or ministry. This diakonia is exercised on different levels by those who form, uh, who from antiquity have been called bishops, priests, and deacons. The ordained ministries, apart from the persons who receive them, are of grace for the entire church. Okay? So we have this, all of them collectively are meant, and Jesus sent his apostles out to preach, teach, and to govern. That's the, the three aspects of ministry, to preach, to teach, and to govern. And through all of time, this is the service that is rendered. So the most important thing to realize in the sacrament of holy orders, and, 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 and I think this is the same that is true for the sacrament of marriage. The sacrament of marriage is not just a, a sacrament of celebrating a holy bliss of love. The sacrament of marriage is a ministry of service. A ministry of service. That a husband and a wife, you know, form this community of persons called children and form and shape them into the mind and the heart of Christ to be able to go out into the world. Okay? A lot of people don't understand marriage in that aspect, uh, you know, that it's just for me. You know, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that the two of us get to do, and maybe we'll have children. Hmm? As opposed to the fact that there is marriage and family, and, and married couples need to be, the, the sacrament orders them to the service of their children, and then to the community, and to the world. Okay, In a similar way within the church, as a family, we have this order of bishops, of priests, and of deacons. Okay? And so then on, in 25, it talks about, this is from the Catechism. Catholic doctrine expressed in the liturgy, the magisterium, and the constant practice of the church recognizes that there are two degrees of ministerial participation in the priesthood of Christ. So of the three, bishop, priest, and deacon... They're divided into two. There's one that has to deal with the ministerial participation in the priesthood of Christ. Both of them focus on the priesthood of Christ. And so we say the episcopacy, which means bishops, and the presbyterate, which are the priests. Okay? The diaconate is intended to help and to serve them. 
So just to be able to see in that, that aspect <coughs> of your own calling as deacons, it is in the assistance of the bishop and the priests to be able to carry out the work that Christ calls all of us to do. So what does that mean? That means that there has to be this interior and exterior communion that we share. A communion that we share among our bishop, the priests of our diocese, and the members of the diaconate. All of us together. Okay. Catholic doctrine teaches, uh, for this reason, the term sacerdotus, sacerdotus, which is the Latin term in current usage, denotes bishops and priests, but not deacons. Yet Catholic doctrine teaches that the degree of priestly participation, the episcopate and presbyterate, and the degree of service, the diaconate, are all three conformed by a sacramental act called ordination. That is, by the sacrament of holy orders. So what it's simply saying, all of us, what we share in common, is a common ordination. Hmm? The ordination is what binds the pre bishop, priests, and deacons together. Um, and so St. Paul then points out, this is all for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, I'm not going to read this other part. Um, it talks about the reestablishment of the order of deacons. And I think I mentioned that last time, that um, we hear about the diaconate in the, in the scriptures, and into the early parts of the church, the diaconate played a very important part. Uh, a central part within the ministry of the church, and then all of a sudden, it kind of went off the radar for a while. Okay, And particularly because that kind of transferred into religious orders and the work of the religious orders, and, and, that kind of, and then it kind of diminished it. So the diaconate then was assumed into the steps to priesthood. All priests, including bishops, all had to receive those same three two or three ordinations. I mean, in other words, to share in that fullness of ordination. So you had to have priests who were already ordained deacons beforehand. But it was like a, that was like a blip on the screen, like one year at the most, and all of a sudden then you were ordained a priest. So it wasn't until the Second Vatican Council that there was the restoration of the permanent diaconate as a rightful place within the church. So it's a restoration from what took place way back at the very beginning, okay? So I'm not going to say too much more on that. You can, you can read that. If you go to the next page, on page 18, um, in this section, just to kind of close that off, um, what it talks about here is the three, um, the three major aspects of this ordination to the diaconate. So the first is, the one is, the church's ministry of the word, the deacon as an evangelizer and as a teacher. The deacon participates as an evangelizer and teacher in the church's mission of heralding the word. In the liturgy of the word, especially in the Eucharist or in those litur liturgies where there, he is in presiding minister, the deacon proclaims the gospel. Okay, So, anytime there's a deacon present who is assisting at the altar, the bishop doesn't read the gospel, the priest doesn't read the gospel, if there's a deacon there, the proper role is the deacon to proclaim the gospel. It's kind of interesting, just in the liturgy. 
Other forms of the deacon's participation in the church's ministry of the word include catechetical instruction, religious formation of candidates and families preparing for the reception of the sacraments, leading roles in retreats, evangelization, and renewal programs, outreach to alienated Catholics, and counseling and spiritual direction to the extent that he is properly trained. The deacon also strives to transmit the word in his professional life, either explicitly or merely by his active presence in places where public opinion is formed in ethical norms are applied. Okay? So if you check the footnotes, all of this has to deal with the directory for the deacons that applies to the whole world. Okay? This comes from the Vatican. Right? So what I want you to be able to notice in the role of the deacon in this one aspect of being a, an evangelizer and a teacher, in other words, a deacon of the word, that this is a principal role. Okay? So for example, um, uh, prep, sacramental preparation okay, often becomes the responsibility of the deacon you know, within the parish. Marriage preparation, confirmation preparation, um, and, you know, and those kinds of things. You have, um, uh, and, and as it says, um, programs of renewal and uh, um, uh, <coughs> I guess I guess the the, the kind of wor what's the term today that is often used hmm? discipleship huh? discipling others okay um, so this happens in two ways sometimes it happens within the formal nature of programs and, and ministries that you have going on in a parish. But if you work in the world day world, please remember, don't leave your diaconate at home. That would betray your diaconate. Okay? One of the amazing things, and what I think one of the very special things that, um, uh, that, the, that the permanent diaconate offers is the fact that so many of the deacons are in the marketplace, are working in the, in the world. Now, which needs, and this, this is probably a bad question to ask these days, but um, which needs more evangelizing the church or the world? Hmm? Well, obviously the world. Hmm? Who's in it? Okay. You know, there's only a very limited number of people who come to church who hear the word on a regular basis. Most of them have not, and they're in the world. Okay. They're in the places that you work, that you socialize, and all of those kinds of things. So this is a very important part of the permanent diaconate, is to be able to bring the gospel in its proper way, in its simple way, in its ordinary way, into the life of the world. Okay? To be evangelizers in the world. And that's, that, that's a very important part. Okay, and then... Um, then that's what this basically talks about, of witnessing that word in your own life. Let's go to the liturgical ministry. So we have the word, and it doesn't mean just reading the gospel on, you know, at the altar, but it means understanding the gospel, understanding the teaching of the church, and then becoming an evangelizer. That's very, very key. Um, as we, as we, you will hear many times within this formation program, you are not ordained to be liturgical parsley. 
you know what that means? Mm. Hmm? Side dressing. Huh? Side dressing. Side dressing. Yeah. A little decoration on the plate, you know, for presentation. Okay? So we have a deacon there that goes up and does all these fancy things, and then he proclaims the gospel. Okay? Pope Francis is, is, is really very sharp on this. Actually, he, um, he, he spoke on this. I think it was kind of misunderstood how some people took it, because I received a lot of emails from people in the diaconate community. Of which he was talking about um, the, the the least important role of the deacon is at the service of the altar. In other words, being up on the altar. And what he meant by that was, I think, in reading some of the other things that he wrote, is that if you're not evangelizing and you're not doing the work of a deacon in the, in your workplace, then you don't deserve to be on the altar. Okay. That's what he's really saying. You earn your right to be a representative and to and to to bring you have to bring the community to that altar in its needs and its cares and, and all of those kinds of things. That's the role of the deacon. Okay? Because otherwise, um, here's what will happen. I guarantee it. If you're not not present and really caring and involved with the people that you serve, they're going to look at you and say, who the hell does he think he is? But if you're involved, and if you know those people, and their cares and their concerns, and you're at the altar, they will be proud as a peacock, because they know that you represent them at the altar. You bring them and their presence and their needs to the prayer of the altar. So it will be your life that is going to authenticate that place at the altar. Okay? That's what that's what this is saying. So the deacon as sanctifier. For the deacon, as for all members of the church, the liturgy is the summit toward which the activity of the church is directed. At the same time, it is the font from which all the church's powers flow. For the church gathered at worship... Moreover, the ministry of the deacon is visible, grace-filled sign of the integral connection between the sharing of the Lord's Eucharistic table and serving the many hungers felt so keenly by all of God's children. That's what I was just saying. And the deacon's liturgical ministry is a mirror in, is a mirror in a mirror. The church sees a reflection of her own diaconal character and is reminded of her mission to serve as Jesus did. So, in the context of the church's public worship, because it is cent the centrality of the life of the believing community, the ministry of the deacon in the threefold diac uh, diaconia of word, of the liturgy, and of charity is uniquely con concentrated and integrated. The di diaconate is conferred through a special outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which brings about in the one who receives it a special confirmation, conf, yeah, confirmation um, to Christ, Lord and servant of all. Strengthened by sacramental grace, they are dedicated to the people of God in conjunction with the bishop and his body of priests in a service of the liturgy of the word and of charity. So, um, if you want to take a look at the, um, if you take a look at the, 
what do you call the, the liturgical, not the liturgical parsley, but if you take a look at the liturgical roles of the deacon in the liturgy, you will see their corresponding nature of why it is that the deacon does what he does. Okay? So, during the celebration of the Eucharistic liturgy, the deacon participates in specific penitential rites as designated in the Roman Missal. So you notice that. Um, for those of you familiar with the role of the deacon at Mass, huh? when there's the penitential rite, the priest says the opening uh, phrase, and then the deacon does the penitential rite, and then the priest con uh, concludes with the prayer. He properly proclaims the gospel. He may preach the homily in accord with the provisions of canon law. He voices the needs of the people to the general intercessions, um, needs with which he should have a particular and personal familiarity from the uh, circumstances of his ministry of charity. So one of the things that we encourage all the pastors to do is that when it comes time for the to prepare for the Sunday in general intercessions, they have the deacon do that, to prepare them. And not only to include the general ones, which you want to pray for the whole church. Now, you got to be careful. We're not also talking about specific ones, like we're playing for Jane Smith because she just, you know, had her appendix out or something like that. Okay? They need to be more general, but the deacon should have, in some sense, a pulse of the community. Okay? The pulse of the community of what its own needs are. Um, so specific things, like um, we pray for all of our sick and suffering in our parish, you know, and those who are in special need, who have asked for our prayers. You don't have to mention them, but, but it, that, that, is a, that is a sign of that. Huh? We pray for our young people who are preparing for the sacrament of confirmation, that the Holy Spirit might empower them to be good witnesses of Christ. You see? You see how, how you're, 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 the deacon... In knowing what's happening and going on in the parish at a particular time, um, uh, and, 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 you know, in some communities, I mean, very tragic things happen. Hmm? Murders, suicides, um, uh, natural disasters, okay? And it's oftentimes that the deacon is called upon to get out there and to organize people, you know, to, to help, you know, to do something. You know, in that way. So when the when the deacon does the general intercessions, it is there that he represents that. You had a question. I was just thinking about like in like the diocese of a cross where the priests may be moving every seven years. Or, mm, right. You know, that's from uh, going back to your comment of the deacon. What special role the deacon may play in knowing the community if we're changing the priest every once in a while? What we always say is the is the is the permanent deacon has that, that element of permanence, stability, okay? But in many respects, um, that, the, that the deacon, who is deeply rooted in that community, has a very special role of being the sign of permanence or stability in a community where oftentimes priests are being sent here, you know, hither and hither because of the, of the sacramental needs, you know, that the bishop, the bishop may have. <clears throat> and that's becoming more of a very prominent role, you know, within the church itself. So one now, one of the things, to be honest with you, one of the things that we have to make sure 
in uh, myself. One of the reasons why um, I find it a little bit of an advantage, you can have a deacon as the director of formation for deacons. But um, uh, we often say this, that um, uh, sometimes there is an advantage to being a priest. And the reason being is that deacons sometimes have a difficult time having to, in some ways, confront other priests about sometimes their attitude towards deacons or their, their treating of them. I don't. <laughs> they're my they're my brothers. Okay, so so when I watch over the diaconate, you know, it's a little bit easier for me to talk to the bishop or to uh, you know also deal with fellow priests when it comes to representing the, representing the deacons, um, and and that has to be done because right now we're kind of in this transition of the church where um, uh, we, we believe and, th and we see that a lot of the younger clergy, because they have been raised on the permanent diaconate, are far more connected, supported, and can't wait to have permanent deacons to assist them in parishes. Whereas we still have some, and, and we have them in our own diocese, the last, last thing in the world that they want to move to a parish is to have a deacon to deal with. I'm just telling you the truth. It's going to be in every diocese. You know, um, so uh, uh, there, there's not all that necessarily recognize this this common connection between you know, between the ordinations, but it is something that's just you know from our time with the Second Vatican Council. Okay, um, so there's more there's more to do there. Unfortunately, I want to if I had another ten minutes, we would have finished that, but I will finish it up next time. Um, but I want to uh, send our guys over to. Uh, Deacon Kevin, as he's going to, to meet with all of you. No, not here. Huh? I wasn't. I wasn't going to do it here. No. Oh, okay. All right. No, that's all right. All right. I mean, can I? Absolutely. Oh, okay. All right. Because some of you already know um, that uh, the selection has been made, and Deacon Ned Wilton will be the new prefect for the uh, Diaconal Life and Ministry. So he, typical deacon. <laughs> He couldn't be here this weekend. <laughs> when I saw him before I left, he was running to a wedding rehearsal, and he's got a wedding tomorrow morning. So he already had that scheduled, so he wasn't able to be here. But he will be here in November uh, to kind of pick up. So we want to thank Deacon Bellin. Is he still here? He left. Okay. For uh, filling in for him for uh, for this time. So we'll see you later. Okay? Thank you, Father. You're welcome. I think if... Uh... I think if Deacon Ned was here, he'd blame his pastor for that. <laughs> his pastor is I'm Kevin Ray. I'm the I'm the uh, I'm the director of the office for the diaconate, the office that was formed by the bishop. Um, okay, up and running J July first of this year. So it's really really new. Um, when we were thinking about what we were going to call it. Um, everybody else has got an office of the diaconate, and I said, yeah, 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 how about we're for something, rather than just of something. So, we named it the office for the diaconate, meaning the office at the diocesan center is there for the deacons. The, the pro I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give you a quick outline. This will take a half an hour, and I have seven minutes. 
So, so under the umbrella of the Office of the Diaconate is the selection and everything that happens before formation. And then there's formation, and then there's everything that happens after formation. So under that umbrella, Father Felix is in charge of that middle post, everything related to formation. My job is everything before formation starts and, ever, and everything after formation ends, after ordination. So you'll be seeing, you've probably already seen little emails from me about various things. I've been trying to include as many as I can through Chris. Chris has been very good as, as, as the assistant director of formation. So I just I just want to say thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening to that little nagging voice you heard in your head for the last 10 years and finally decided to do something about it. Because it's, it's very important that the church has people who are willing to listen to those nudges. So much of our society is everything else except listening. Thank you for listening. A word about how lucky you are. You, Father Felix's group had, and the team he's put together is one of the best formation teams in the country. As you know, because you have other people from other dioceses coming here. Right? I mean, it's pretty evident. Rather than try to go through gyrations of trying to figure it out themselves, today is a really good one, right? Over there, let's just go over there. And so they joined it. So appreciate how lucky you are. Uh, third thing, there's a really important election coming up next year. It has to do with the Deacon Community Board. What did you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> the Deacon Community Board. So, so. Um, there are going to be two openings on the Deacon Community Board. The Deacon Community Board is the, how did the bishop describe it? It's an advisory board to the bishop on all things related to the diaconate. Okay? The, the two groups from the third class, the candidate three class, two people from that class are elected. You guys can raise your hands. Because your class elected you, and they've been attending those meetings. Once they are ordained, they drop off that roster and become eligible to be elected or appointed as a deacon. In the meantime, we're going to need two replacements. By the time you're ordained, the deacon, the candidate one class will be the candidate 1.5 class. Right? Which is not really three, yet it's more than once. So... I'll send you something out, probably through Chris, and have you guys, just that middle candidate class, elect a couple of guys from your group who would replace these two um, on the Deacon Community Board. It's a great opportunity um, to get to actually meet and deal with real issues in the church. Because we're humans, we have issues. If the church didn't have any people in it, <laughs> Do you, does anybody have any questions? Do you ever, I mean, anything you want to ask about anything? Because I have uh, three more minutes. Hmm? Hmm? The gospel this weekend is about uh, the ten lepers who are healed and 
many of them run off and say, oh, hooky goody goody, if you can have a normal life. That's all they ever wish for. But the one, the Samaritan, comes back and says, I don't think this was about the future. I think this healing was about now. And the fact that, that Jesus, in spite of the fact that he was unclean and, and that the level was unclean and, and, and untouchable, and then Jesus still reached out to him. Kind of sounds like us. Accepting us as we are. So I would ask you as as the aspirants and candidates, soon to be deacons, not to worry too much about the future. But when you come into this building, focus on what's here. Don't wanna run off and worry about ordinary future stuff. While you've got Jesus with you, while you're immersed with the church here, concentrate on that. Absorb that. Spend time with that. Future will take care of itself. This is a grand opportunity. Whether you get ordained or not, this is a grand opportunity for you. So please take advantage of it. Okay. Um, if you want to write down my address, my email address, because you're all welcome to send me something and then I'll pass it on to somebody else. <laughs> But you can send it to me. It's just kray at D-I-O-L-C or Diocese of the Cross dot org. That same as all of the classes and the emails I just personally passed on. My cell phone number because because of what I do, I don't spend a lot of time at, I spend two days in the cross at the office. I don't, I don't live in the cross. I live in Nakusa. So I spend two days in the cross, and the rest of the time I'm kind of out and about or doing something else, okay? Um, 608-498-1060. And that's my cell phone. So if I just say, this is Kevin, it don't it's not like I'm not trying to be non-deacon-like. I'm just, it's my only phone. So I'll answer it like it was my wife calling. So that's kind of me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be offended. Okay. Good. Thank you again. Thank you all for responding to this call and being here and praying for this. I just wanted you to put a face to the message.
Okay. Another part of this is, and I'll, I'll speak to the aspirants now for a minute, and I've already spoken to a few of them. Almost 70% of this class, of this group of people, comes from parishes where there's already a deacon. 60% of the parishes in this diocese don't have a deacon. The more we, I, how do I say this? The bishop said, well, it's like rabbits. <laughs> you get one or two in an area, I'll say, put your area, put your area. And you know, it's not like that exactly, Bishop, but it's similar to it. <laughs> so, whack a mole, that they say? <laughs> so, uh, so, what I want to say is, it's a, I want you to be open to the fact that when the bishop assigns you somewhere and there's already two, bishop, two, two deacons at your parish, don't be surprised if the bishop asks me to ask you if you'd be open to assignment somewhere within 10 or 15 miles of your house, not your home parish. You'll know that as you move into candidacy. That's when that decision will be made because that's when you need to have interaction with the parish that you're actually going to be assigned to. Okay? During aspirancy, you'll just, you're just trying to keep your head in the water. Okay? That's good. Do that. Once you're accepted into candidacy, the bishop is going to ask me, because he's already told me he's going to ask me, to find out how we can get some of the people who seem to be piling on in certain areas, certain geographic areas, to move out from those areas. It'll do a couple things. One, it'll give you more opportunities. Because when Dave Becky gets ordained in five years, and Deacon Landry is there, and I am there, and John is there, He's going to be sweeping the floors while we do all the deacons. Right? It's not going to be any good for him to have four deacons in his parish. So we want to give you an opportunity to do what you're being trained to do. And so it, it isn't, I, I, want to, I want to just be transparent about this, is that that's the plan. The plan is not to keep having deacons in the same parishes all the time, but to take care of that 60% of the parishes that don't have any people. Okay? Make sense? Questions? I've also been asked to speak on behalf of the Zion Lutheran Church. <laughs> We're looking for pastors who can be married. <laughs> well, I, this, was in the, this was in the coffee room. I know. <laughs> I did? I said, I got to see something like that. <laughs> okay. Thank you all for coming. Let me pray for just a moment. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for this gathering, for the blessings of these, these men and, and their spouses who support them. We ask you to be with them all this weekend. Help them to trust in you. Help them to trust in your guidance. As we pray together, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you, guys.